Hello and welcome to episode 1102 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, September 27th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? Doing pretty well. We've been uh, hanging out, chatting some baseball, so uh, I know that both of our mornings are going all right. Just deep diving some standings, talking about the offseason coming up. Just a quick reminder, by the way, we will downshift a little bit in October. There'll be some episodes, but they won't be the same two a week. We take a little bit of a breather. But both of us have already been talking about how excited we are to dial it up for 2023 in November. So as insane as that is to already be like, hey, let's get going. We are excited and, and we got a lot of things coming on the content plan for the offseason. But again, October will be a little bit cooler after we uh, decompress a little bit from the season. But uh, today we're going to talk about some S- September standouts. Justin, I got an interesting range here of player for you on the hitting side that's been playing well in September. And as always, I'm spinning it forward to 2023, and I want to get your thoughts on these players for next year. We talk a lot about September breakouts and, and and you know, building on to that. It's the last thing we've seen. I think the data has shown that a, a big September is not a guarantee of any success, but that uh, there there is a little something to it. I think that's where the data has has lied, at least uh, the last I remember it being studied. I want to say our own Eno Saris or, 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 or former Eno Saris. Uh, formerly our own, has done some studies on that. Um, Eno is always in our heart. I know. Like, that's even true. though he doesn't work at Fangrass anymore, he's at the Athletic. Like, so he will always own. be a part of us. Damn right. Because he once was in this chair, in my chair. I, Absolutely. I Eno, so. so, okay, I won't even amend it. He is our own. But I believe our own Eno Sarris did some data on, did some research on that. But it might have been back, you know, after a little bit after Jose Bautista had popped off. Cause remember he had a big September that kind of indicated little did we know what an indicator it was going to be, but I think that sprung him or Jeff, I can't remember, but even so that would be a little bit outdated. Bottom line is you look at it, you assess the data and you kind of make your decision from there. There is no guarantee that a big September will bring a, a strong further season, but I do want to talk about these guys and I want to start behind the dish with Mike Zoo. Oh, wait, no, sorry, Cal Raleigh. <laughs> I, I, I'm very sorry about that. Um, if you click Cal Raleigh's name anywhere on the site, it takes you to Mike Zanino's page. How crazy is that? Um, what's funny, though, is I actually love Cal Raleigh, and I've, I've, I've had my beef with Mike Zanino. It has been based on that one season when he spiked a huge batting average. They are pretty similar. I guess the question is, uh, where Cal Raleigh's price will lie, because you can pay for 25 homers in a 207 average, if it's not expensive, but if he jumps up to a super expensive cost, then I start to worry about that batting average, but he is having a big September. He's been having a big second half, to be honest, 241, 328, 630 is the slash line for September with Raleigh, six homers, 10 runs, 15 RBIs, 28% K, 12% walk. A lot of numbers. All of it adds up to quality work here in September. He has 25 homers on the year, but that 207 batting average, is there enough with Cal Raleigh that you see him as a viable C1 target next year because of that power. Yeah, I think he is a viable C1 target. One, the Mariners love him. Like, you know, the and yeah, because he can catch out. too. The Zanino comps mm-hmm. carry all the way over to the defense. Can continue over who you're shouting yeah. out. Shout out to Jason who had him in his bold predictions. Very you know, nice. Uh at the uh, prior to the start of the season. So uh Jason really, really got uh that nailed that one. Um if you do believe September numbers, I believe September numbers more than I used to because we don't have the rosters expanding to 40 where you've got exactly. like, a, like double A and single A pitchers going out there throwing up meatballs and stuff. Um, and so now that it, it only, you know, expands just a little bit, you know, you feel better about the quality on the mound. Uh, so if you believe Cal Raleigh's uh, numbers in September, and get away from the fact that he's got a better batting average, um, not a great batting average, but a better batting average. It's the zone contact, 85%, which is above or right at league average. Um, he's swinging outside the zone just under 30% of the time. His swing strike rate is down to 12%. Like there are some actual changes that are happening right now while he's hitting better that makes me think, hey, maybe he can continue this into next year. Uh, it's all going to depend on the price. Like, is he a guy that jumped up huge uh, that people are, uh, you know, overpaying for? Like, I I tend to want to find the next Cal Raleigh as opposed to this year's. 
True, but I, I, I don't know that he's really going to surge. I, I think that the batting average will scare enough up. The 25 homers are, are going to be appealing uh, big time. If he pops off in the playoffs and kind of brings his brings more attention to himself, then Cal Raleigh could be somebody who's expensive. I agree with you about looking well, for the next. He's hurt right now. So the chances that he even Ooh. is available for the playoffs, he hurt his thumb while catching. Oh, um, I missed that part. They have not put him on the IL yet. So there is a chance he doesn't even play in the playoffs, especially if the Mariners are an early exit type team. You know, if well, the Mariners that, stay hot, you know. Um, that'd keep the yeah. price in check then. Yeah, that might that might help out uh, a little bit. I'm checking the Raswell player radar to see where he kind of falls on. That's it. what I was that's what I was just doing right now. He's 10th. 10th. So, but I mean Adelaide Rushman is gonna, gonna go above him, who's going behind him. I, I would For assume sure. MJ Melendez. And Jonah Heim will still go above him. I think Melendez for sure. Heim, I'm. I, I think they're kind of in a, in a similar pack there. Heim and Raleigh. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I think he's going to be kind of Tyler a Stevenson will go ahead of him too if he if, if mm-hmm. everything checks out with his health and he's ready to go for the season. Depending on where Christian Vasquez ends up, like he could go ahead of him. Uh. So I mean, like there's. I think he's like a borderline low end CN C uh, catcher C1. one. Um. So, which I think is fair. Like, you I know, agree. while while catcher has been better this year, it still gets pretty ugly. Like, it's still catcher, especially if you're in a two catcher league and a fifteen two catcher league. Um, he's he's the perfect kind of guy I want to target in like a twelve team one catcher league. Like, yeah, because you're getting him later, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and, and and you're not taking Cal Raleigh that expensively in a twelve team one catcher situation. I totally agree there, and that makes him an if, easier if he pick. falls if he falls apart like if he's hitting two 200 like i can just jettison him off for for the next guy like agreed now whereas, you mentioned oh sorry go ahead go ahead i, I was gonna say whereas question. like in a 15 team two catcher league i might be less likely because there's gonna be so little replacement value on the wire at that uh i don't know that i'd rather roster a better catcher at the top counterpoint you mm-hmm. said i don't i want to find the next raleigh he came off the waiver wire, so if you drafted him, that's true. He, fa- he failed you. You'd have to find the next one. I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but do you have any candidates who you think could be that next rally? And all I'm really looking for here is just a power catcher. You don't even have to get right down to the same, you know, comp of a guy who's actually good behind the dish or anything. Do you have another power breakout that you're eyeing for next year? Is it like a Nick Fortes? Is it, uh, you know? somebody in Colorado. I don't know that Brian Servant has enough pop to really be that guy. Is it a buyback on Mitch Garver who missed a ton of the year due, due to injury? Who who might that guy be? Is it Joey Bart? Uh, did you see anything from him this year that has you uh, with any encouragement for him? Zebby Zavala? No, none of those guys. I, I really have to probably dive in. Yeah, I, I figured I, it would be hard I, to I just like, have offhand. Like, Zavala is interesting. Um, I don't know that he's like a huge power breakout guy. You know, it just kind of depends on what the White Sox are planning to do, like at first base, so that way Vaughn can play at first and mm-hmm. Grandal can catch, or sorry, uh, DH, so Zavala can catch more. Um, Bart is interesting because he has been much better since being recalled. Uh, I just don't know. He simply that- couldn't be any worse. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, I, no, that's absolutely fair. <laughs> Uh, the problem with Bart is like I don't think he has prodigious power, and he plays in that park, which is obviously going to sap some of that power. Mm-hmm. So I, like, I think he could be a very interesting guy, but like I never, th- I don't think he's ever like a thirty homer guy, uh, or even, or you know, probably not even a twenty five homer guy. So. Yeah, and Raleigh already hit twenty five this year, and you really yeah. could see one of those Zunino years, and he might be a Zunino plus. Like there could be a situation where if some of this September work that Cal Raleigh has is legit and he can keep the zone contact up, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't doubt a 40 homer season, maybe not next year, but, but in the future. So what about um, one last name here at catch before we move on to the next guy is somebody like a Christian Bethencourt interesting to you and what he's done this year. It hasn't been special, but it's 11 homers, five steals. The problem of course, is that he's not a very good catcher. So getting that PT is the tough mm-hmm. part. But is he somebody who intrigues you at all as as a next guy up? And again, we'll move away from the direct Raleigh comps because Raleigh Raleigh's power is tough to find. But as somebody who isn't going to get drafted that highly, uh, does Bethencourt interest you at all? I think it depends on where he ends up. Like I just I, is I don't think he's going to be back in Tampa. Uh, so he could. I mean, he would just he be could. 
He would just but, be like an ARB eligible type guy, but I imagine they move on because he's a bad catcher. Yeah, exactly. So like it depends on what the role, you know, if he ends up like what helped him was ending up in Oakland and being on a bad team that they didn't really care what they rolled out there. So like and he, not not catching, non-catching yeah. catcher is is key for Bethencourt, but is anybody gonna give him full or even close to full PT? That I don't yeah. know. So like if he ended up in like Pittsburgh or something like that, like a place where they are willing to give in some DH at bats. Um, maybe. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, th- I think he's, I don't think he'll be expensive at all. Like even if he ends up in a place where we go, Oh, look, he there's 500 plate appearances, I agree. plate appearances potentially here. Like, I think it'd still be pretty cheap. So like, I think he's more of like a draft and hold kind of guy, Bethancourt. Okay. Um, where like you just kind of your third catcher, you're taking a dart throw. Yep, and and you can get maybe four steals out of him, and that's mm-hmm. huge from a third catcher in a draft and hold. So, Cal Raleigh, we like him. Um, he's going to be a little bit more expensive, or a lot more expensive next year, but not necessarily expensive on its face. We'll have to see where he starts going in the early drafts. I do believe that uh, if the injury does linger that you mentioned, you said it's a thumb injury Yeah, uh, for Raleigh. So if that thumb injury lingers and he doesn't play much, um, that would kind of keep his price at bay. But if he goes into the playoffs, they do some, they make some noise and he hits a few key homers, little playoff tax could happen in uh, October, November drafts for Cal Raleigh too. So next guy, a little bit more oriented with uh, Cal, uh, with uh, Glaber Torres here. And he's had a 24, 10 type season, 24 homers, 10 steals uh, with a 114 OPS plus. But you look in this down the stretch here, Six homers, four steals this month, hitting 305 with a 169 WRC plus. And I'll tell you what, that's very nice, Justin. Is Glaber's surge doing anything for you down the stretch here uh, outside of raising the price for next year? Because he got his power back, 24 homers, and uh, he didn't lose many of the steals. Remember last year he stole 14 to kind of give fantasy dweebs a little something because his power was out with nine homers. Well, this year, 24 and 10, that's pretty damn good. How do you feel about a, a will be twenty six year old next uh, next year, Glaber Torres? I mean, you got to love what he's doing in September. You you know you wonder how much he can uh, kind of build upon this. He's got an almost ninety percent zone contact during this time. Well, he and he hasn't really changed like an approach or anything. Like he hasn't become more aggressive in the zone or anything. And um, so it may just be kind of a hot streak, just running hot. Yeah. That being said, like they're batting him third. Pretty much exclusively right now. I like that. Uh, in that Yankees lineup, you want to be batting, you know, in the top two, three, four, uh, you know, spots. So uh, I think he's a guy that um, will be very, very interesting in drafts. Like, I don't think he's going to go extremely high or anything uh, like that because I think people will still have, like, some uh, disdain for the, the drop-off and he, his numbers aren't so gaudy where you go, I have to get him. But I think... I think he's going to be a fair price, and he's a guy that I don't have a problem putting on my team. Um, I wish he got a few more uh, games at shortstop, so he'd be eligible. But um, second base is not going to be the strongest of positions this next year necessarily. So yeah. I think he's going to fit into the top 10 at, at second base. He was a 10th, 11th round guy, Glaber Torres was this past mm-hmm. year in main events. I'm feeling like a 6th to 8th round type situation. You think yeah. that's about right? Probably, yeah, like where Altuve was going this year. So okay. uh, I think that, yeah, I think it's totally fair. And I mean, even if he doesn't like, even if we only, we only really project him to hit like 18, 19 home runs next year, like the runs and RBI is batting in the top half of that Yankees lineup are still going to be amazing. So, yeah. uh, and you get some speed with that too. So yeah, I, I like Torres. Altuve was a fifth rounder. You think he gets all the way up there for Glaber? I don't think so. So maybe just a little bit behind where mm-hmm. Altuve was going more in like, if we're going to keep the, uh, uh, the Houston comp there, not that it's the same position, but uh, where Bregman was going 88, 89, yeah. maybe that somewhere in that right. range for Glaber. I could totally see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about Eduardo Escobar. Who's had an interesting season. This will be the first of two crusty old third baseman that we're going to talk about one, even older than him at the very end um, who found his numbers. Because at the end, you know, at, at different points in this year, you're probably like Eduardo Escobar, homies cooked, you know, done. And yet here we are, and he's really pretty much in line, a little bit off of, of last year's numbers in terms of rate stats. Uh, 106, excuse me, he had a 107 WRC plus last year. He's at 103 this year, but that's not too far off. That's range of outcomes type of deal. However, because offense is down and the way everything's worked, that's still a nine homer drop 
and a major RBI drop. He was 2890 last year. He's 1963 this year, but the September has been very nice. Seven homers, 19 ribbies, 15 runs, a 329 average for Eduardo Escobar. He'll be 34 next year. I believe he has a club option. Oh, no, no. He's actually locked in for next year. So he'll be a Met again next year. What do you think of a 34-year-old Eduardo Escobar as a, a late-round glue guy at, at CI? Because I think that's all he's going to be treated as. Is that something that would interest you? I know you've been a little bit off on him recently. I think the price will continue to dip. Does that get you back into the Eduardo Escobar uh, sweepstakes at all? Ooh, I don't know because, I mean, they've got guys, like right? They've got Batty. They've got Vientos, who's now up. Like They've got guys that can play that role. Mm-hmm. Um I think it I mean I think he's gonna be one of those guys kind of fighting for a job in spring training. Like it's like whether or like you know, maybe not the job, but fighting for like a role. Uh it's so hard. He was so bad. Like up up until September started, he had uh let's see, he had 12 home runs, zero stolen bases. He was his triple slash was 218, 269, 383. Jeez. His his September is carrying the weight. It really is because the only other time that there was anything all that good out of Eduardo Escobar this year was the six homers in July, and he only mm-hmm. hit two twenty with a two forty five OBP there. So that was an all or nothing power month, and then he went homerless in fourteen August games before this surge here. So it is a really interesting breakdown for Eduardo Escobar. But Roto, all he cares about the bottom line, although. In a lot of leagues, you probably cut him. So he, he found his numbers. Is that enough for you for Eduardo? Or are you too worried about, like you said, Vientos, Beatty, Jeff McNeil, the kind of clutter and redundancy of roles there to where maybe they only have him in a partial role at age 34? No, I don't. I mean, I don't. The I mean, the underlying skills in some regards are better uh, and in other regards are worse. He's still swinging outside of the zone 40% of the time. He's pretty much getting up there and swinging three out of out of three out of four pitches. <laughs> um, he's got a man's ready to hit. Yeah, like he's just like, uh, well, at least in the zone. So seventy six percent zone swing percentage, fifty four percent swing percentage overall. Um, I I don't know. Like I, I I think time is pretty much done on him. Like it, like let's say like. Do we really think that he can carry this for a whole season? Because I don't. Like, and that's that's the bottom line. I think I, I think this is who he is. He's gonna have hot months and, and cold months, and maybe we project him for twenty two home runs and like a two thirty something batting average. You know what's okay. crazy is his last three seasons, the last three full seasons, 19, 21, 22, have all been pretty similar. 108, 107, 103 WRC plus, but a wildly different number of homers, 35, 28, 19. And that's probably married pretty well with the games played uh, to a degree as well, 158, 146, 129. However, the ISO says the power is dipping, 242, 219, 191, which makes sense, A, due to the fact that he's aging, B, due to the fact that 2019 was the rabbit ball, Mm-hmm. So I guess it's 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 pretty bland with Eduardo. Like I said, you've been out for a while. You didn't buy big on the 2019. Um, you weren't really buying in on the discount last year for 21. So I, I understand you're not a, a huge Eduardo guy. I, I see it more this year, though, because if he's just a bland high teens, low 20s homer count with modest RBI and runs because he bats lower in the order with, with nothing for batting average, what are you really getting out of Eduardo Escobar, right? Like, even if he does play all year, it's pretty blah. So, glue guy that maybe I'll take late, but that's that's really it, man. He was mm-hmm. a 13th rounder last year. If he's not 15th or later this year, I'm not taking Eduardo. I think at this point, uh, Eduardo Escobar needs volume to be productive in fantasy. 100% and I just agree. And, He's batting at, like you mentioned, batting at the bottom of the order uh, because the Mets are so good. Um, and he is clearly coming to our podcast right now. I heard that. Bell. He's trying to, he's trying to he's get like, in. He's like, let me in. Don't, don't, don't bury don't talk me. Shit about me. Don't talk yeah. shit about me. I want, I want to say my piece. Hey, Eduardo, you're, sure, you're supposed to be prepping for a game, dude. For real, Eduardo. Hard. This is getting um, embarrassing, bro. It's just a fantasy thing yeah. that we're doing here. Mm-hmm. You're getting really offended that Justin doesn't want to draft you, bro. Yeah. Don't come in my room. Don't do not. But then, but then you also you add in the Vientoses, the the baddies. Mm-hmm. The Mets will probably spend just in general, anyways, because they've got you know a billion dollar owner now. Um, 
so I just think that uh, there's just so much that can go wrong and not a ton that can really go right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it could spike another 25 homers. Uh, Eduardo Escobar could, but that's like really the best that you're looking for is a, a mid to upper twenties home run count with little else to go for. By the way, it is Beatty. I wasn't sure if it was Batty. It should be Batty, oh. B-A-T-Y, but I am looking on B-Ref right here, and they put B-A-I-T hyphen E-E for the pronunciation. So Beatty. Just want to get that corrected so that anybody doesn't I'm, scream, I'm, scream I'm it still at their gonna, phone. I'm going to mess it up. I will, That's I will fine. I just I just wanted to put it out there because I wasn't sure either. I said Batty earlier because I'm like, yeah, it is B-A-T-Y. Like, that does make sense, but it is Brett Beatty. Um, I know how to pronounce this guy's name, but I don't know who the hell he is. I'm just being honest. Alex Call, sorry, I, I, I don't know you, but you're having a hell of a month here in Washington. 27-year-old um, journeyman type popping off, hitting 309, 397, 545 in September with three homers, nine runs, nine ribbies, and a chip-in steal. Um, he has a 125 WRC plus in 28 games with the Nats. Is Alex Call something? This is his debut year, by the way, at age 27. So he's a late bloomer. Like I said, journeyman came from Cleveland via the White Sox. So this is his third organization. You see anything here? Is this just a hot little September that we will soon forget? He's actually 28. Today is his birthday. Happy birthday, Alex Call. Yeah. I haven't gone on a B-Ref page on their birthday in a while, and that's a small yeah. thrill that I get when I'm just randomly searching somebody up and you see the little happy birthday thing at the top. So happy mm -hmm. birthday to Alex Call. Are you going to give him some good some good pub on his birthday, or are you going to say that you're fading this uh, this hot run? Yeah, I'm totally fading this. Like, oh, man. No, you no. can't even help him out on his birthday, man. Tough uh, scene. I, you love what he's doing right now, but I think this is like the – Perfect example of, especially at the end of a season, you will ride any hot streak that Absolutely. is going right now. And, and like, you pour it in the storm, as uh, Jeff Erickson likes to say. He is playing every day. He's hitting the ball really well. Um, like, the underlying numbers are amazing for the month of September. You know, 89% zone contact, a 5.5% swing strike rate right now. Um, like, he is just seeing the hell out of the ball. Mm -hmm. um, but like this is not a guy we expect to have much power, have much speed. Um, like he's probably in a full season, he's a replacement level player. Uh, Alex Call did find some pop in Triple A this year too. By the way, he did hit eleven homers in seventy one games with Cleveland's organization, and he was only in Triple A for less than a week, five games with Washington, hit another two homers. But it wasn't the biggest power spike that we've seen. I haven't read anything about like swing changes or whatever, but I, I, I do wonder if maybe there was some sort of uh, alterations to call and maybe there's some late bloom viability here. I don't know. I'd have to do research, but you're talking about these skills. They sound pretty solid, the underlying core skills to what he's doing. So I think it's probably just, you know, run of the mill. Uh, you know, maybe it could be a volume guy in, in draft champions. But I do wonder if there's more. If anyone, if anyone knows that Alex Call is doing something big, let us know if he made any sort of swing guru changes or whatever. Give us a call. Um, yeah. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's something I don't know that I've ever really seen before. So he's got a 422 slug and a 310x slug. What? I've never seen that. I've never seen that kind of disparity going the wrong way. Yeah. Um, so like that tells you like he's been lucky. Like I mean, and I know I know the Nationals Park like is a good place. It helps, stuff, yeah. But like that's pretty weird, right? Um to I, be I, that disparate, yeah. That and that's, that's not was... that's not the months of, like that's a whole year. Like that's you know, and he you know, he got called up late July. So like that's two months of um fluky weirdness uh which is also weird because he's got like a 273 babbit like so it's not like he's gotten like this major babbit boost or something like i does he have a bunch of like uh homers that would have only gone out in washington or other parts type of deal for alex call oh that's that's a good question i can i can look that up like like i was thinking like like did he like get a bunch of singles that just like like the outfielder missed and yeah like and just like, rolled what's going so on? He, tur he turned a single into what was a triple um, yeah they started calling him triples and, and doubles right, instead so of errors he has well he only has four home runs true um but there are a, quite a few parts are they, where uh, he would are have they legit one. is uh any part oh i think 
yeah, I, I, I got you back. I got you back. Yeah, he's got a few parks where you would hit one, but like I mean, a few parks where he'd still have four, right? Like the Giants Park, he'd still okay. have four. Like Arizona, so he'd still have four. Like small it, sample fluke, then that his X slug is that it's gotta be that disparate 422 slug to a 310 X slug. That seems crazy. Those of you who study those numbers a lot. Uh, X numbers. Let us know if that's normal. Uh, that stands out to me, though. That's kind of in interesting. But Alex Call, I'll keep an eye on him. I'm going to do a deeper dive offline here uh, to see like if, if there is anything. Did he go to a swing doctor or something? Uh, but as it stands right now, it's not something that's really got me going. Because we play deep leagues, I'll know him and I'll be aware of him for draft champions, but I don't know that I'm really drafting him. Let's go back to the star end of the spectrum and talk about Javier Baez. He's trying to put a little sweet taste in everyone's mouth on the way out here because it's been a dreadful, dreadful season for him and the Tigers. But you look up, and all of a sudden, he's almost at league average. And I don't know if he's going to get there by the end of the season or not. He'd have to probably have another good nine days here. He has a 91 WRC+, plus, so probably not. But he has 15 homers and nine steals combined for uh, for the total year. Four homers, one steal in September with a 333, 356, 560 uh, slash line. It's a 160 WRC+. plus. Is Baez, you know, finding his footing and going to carry this over to next year? Or is, this, or is this just a hot month at the end of a shit season? Yeah, this is just a hot month at the end of the shit season. And you look at the underlying Why numbers, um, and they're just as bad as they always are. Like, it's <laughs> like a below average zone contact, an almost 50% O swing, a 19% swing strike rate in this hot month uh, for Baez. <laughs> Uh, the beauty of Baez is that his hands are so fast yes. that he makes up for like, just Everything. the worst plate approach, um, it, which means like he, there is upside. Like you, you, you can't not say like, like he, I don't know where he's going to go in drafts. Like he's one of the like, hardest guys to predict because they're going to be some people who are like, buy it back, buy it back. And there are going to be other people like I'm touching those skills. Um, if he's going outside like the top 20 rounds, He's not gonna fall. He's not gonna fall. You don't think so? No shot. No shot. I thought you were gonna say outside of the top ten. There's no way I touch him in those side the top twenty rounds. Like I just don't. Yeah, I I think he is a one fifty to two hundred pick at the lowest. Yeah, no way am I touching that. And I don't disagree with you, but I I just don't think Baez is gonna fall that far. I think enough people will still say he's thirty. It was a dead year. I can still get speed. You know, I, I maybe I'm wrong. And I'll be with you, actually. I'm siding with you. I'm not going to, to draft him, but I don't think he's going to drop quite that far. If Yohan Moncada can keep getting drafted where he does while doing literally nothing. Well, I think this is finally league, the time Yohan Moncada. I think so, too. Like, but is. he went 154 last year yeah. coming off the season that he had. Moncada did. I think Baez will go around that level, and his season was much better than I mean, well, I shouldn't say much better because the slash line for Moncada last year was actually good, but he, it was dry fantasy-wise, 14 homers, three steals. For Baez, the, the line is ugly, 241, 281, 394, but 15 homers, nine steals, which those six steals are pretty pretty massive in, in comparison mm-hmm. to Moncada there. So I think he's going to go somewhere in the in the 130 to 180 range for Baez. You're saying no shot you're paying for that. No way. No way. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. And uh, we can move on to our next guy here. Taylor Ward has had a roller coaster of a season. Came out absolutely on fire. Looked like a star breakout turn for him, building on what he did last year in a uh, 237 plate appearance sample. He put up a 108 OPS plus. It's like, hey, a little bit of a late bloomer guy, but finally getting some time. Joe Madden loves him, putting him at the top of the order, and he was killing it. Well, shoulder injury got him. And it only took a little bit of time off. So it wasn't, a, it didn't seem like it was catastrophic. He missed four days in late May, and everyone's like, okay, he's fine, he's back. And then he actually had another injury, I want to say it was a hamstring that cost him nine days in mid June. That was the, seen as the problem injury, but no, it was the shoulder one. He even said this in an article that really uh, uh, impacted him. And boy, did it. From that point forward, over his next two-plus months, he put up a 205, 287, 317 line with seven homers for Taylor Ward. That's a 17-homer full-season pace. Before that, he was on like a 50-homer full-season pace. That's how good he was. However, he's rallying to the finish line. And in his last month, uh, which is the last six games of August plus this month, 
337, 389, 535 with five homers and a steal. Call me crazy, but I feel like the shoulder's feeling better, and that's why he's popping off again. I am I'm in on the ward train. I was in early. I I am giving him a pretty firm pass for the for the shoulder impacting the, the summer. And I'm ready to buy back in and be hurt again uh, because I don't think I'm going to be hurt. I actually think it's going to be worth buying. I think the price will be kept down enough because, you know, the, the full season line is going to look good, but not special. And he'll be 29 years old. What say you about Taylor Ward's strong finish here leading into next year? So we are always talking about who's this year's Robbie Ray, who's this year's Cedric Mullins. Um, where's like the this year's Anthony Santander? Because that's Taylor Ward, like the guy who was, you know, is okay, but dealt with some injuries. Just you know, and there's um, more to the profile, but nobody's really. But he's not going. He's not going to be a first rounder. We're not looking for the first rounder. We're looking for a guy who's going to drastically, in you know, uh, make money on his draft spot Mm -hmm. without like being the guy everybody credits for helping them win their league. Exactly, Um, Santander. Isn't necessarily on every winning team, but he probably helped a lot of teams be successful Absolutely. with that power uh, power infusion this he, year. Thirty one. Yeah. So, like, I think that's Taylor Ward, right? I think he. You, you look at his Statcast stuff, and it's all in the red, um, or at least pink. Uh, nothing in the blue, which is great. Uh, we know he's got power. Uh, you know, he chips in stolen bases. At some point, the Angels will feel the competitive team around him. Um, maybe this Trout or Otani guy can like get it together. I see some um, things in them too. I don't want to overhype yeah. them, but I think both of yeah. them could be something. Yeah, I, I agree. So, that Otani guy pitches too. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. I, I have. <laughs> yeah, I have seen that. Uh, and you know, maybe Anthony Rendon stays healthy one year. Okay, now you got you got you um, went too far with it. You went too far with it. Uh, yeah, I think Ward yeah, Santander was one of my most rostered players. I think mm-hmm. Ward will be because I think he's going to go in the same spot, like one sixty ish. I got a a news alert for you. You're going to be surprised by it. Santander went two ninety seven in the main event. Oh, there that you was go. his ADP. Oh. His min was one seventy three, so he probably started moving up. Let's just call it two hundred for Ward. I'll pay that all day. I'll yeah, pay the I'll price pay. you just said. Yeah. the one sixty price you said I would pay. But I think he's going to be more toward 200. You're probably because, right, yeah. You know, the bottom line is going to look good, not great. 272, 357, 458 with 21 homers, four steals right now. And I, I don't know that he's going to have a ton of hype for Taylor Ward. He's going to be – I mean, what happened with Santander for me was like, you know, he was going down where you were saying. I ranked him 40th in the outfield. He finished 21st. Like, and I remember a lot of people like, why are you ranking him that high? I was like, I don't, I just believe you love his power. I remember you talking about power. You know, it's uh, you know, he's finally got a full-time role in Baltimore. I think Ward's the same way. He's got a full-time role in, uh, in Los Angeles for, for the angels. We know he's got power. We know he's got some decent contact skills. Good lineup Uh, spot too. They love him in the top four, one or four consistently. I think he's going to be, yeah, next year's Anthony Sandandar. I like that. I, I really do. And I'll be buying Taylor Ward shares even at the high end of what you said, 160s. But I think I can get him cheaper than that. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm willing to pay the upper end, but uh, I think we can get a lower register too. I don't know what to make of this next guy that we're going to talk about. Yandy Diaz is not just having a good September. He's having a wonderful season, but that's why I wanted to highlight him. In September, uh, he's hitting 321, 424 home. He gets on base like crazy. 393 is his slug with a homer and a steal. So that's kind of part of the essence of him, though, is that the, the fantasy juice isn't necessarily there outside the average. He is having a wonderful year. 145 is the WRC plus for Yandy Diaz. 292, 399, 419. Nine homers, three steals, and six attempts, 54 RBIs, and a very nice 69 runs. That's just not a lot of fantasy heat, though, Justin. So while he is having a good season, I don't really know what to make of Yandy Diaz, and I'm curious if you're going to pay for him next year. I don't think his price is going to go through the roof, but he'll be more expensive than he was this past year, I'd imagine. And this past year, he went well. He went very cheap, four forty-six. So he'll definitely be more expensive than that. But he's only going to be in like the three hundreds, I bet. I really don't think the fantasy community is going to overpay for this Yandy Diaz season. Do you even want it though? Is there is there enough here with the batting average upside that you're even interested in him at a bot bargain bin price of the three hundreds for Yandy Diaz? 
You know, he is one tweak away from the launch angle. From I've said this like over and over again. Oh, I, th- I thought you were playing a listen- clip from three years ago. My, my bad. Why that, that was you just now. To the podcast, just lit, Jason. Lift. Send Yandi the just live. Like uh, everything is like the only thing that is blue on his stat cast profile is barrel percentage. Um, well, and outspoken hours because he's bad defensively. Yeah, but barrel percentage. But it's because he does not qualify for a barrel because he never lifts the fucking ball. Just lift the ball. It's like, it's, he, it's bad. I will say he has improved over the last couple of years because remember in the the short in twenty twenty <laughs> he put the negative. ball on the ground sixty six percent of the time. He's at fifty two percent ground ball last year and forty nine this year. First time below fifty. It hit in the dirt, like right in front of home plate, like just yeah, just slamming. Like he buried a hole there. He He's hit the ball play, playing so many cricket. times. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's uh, the problem with Yandi. You know, there's no homers, not enough homers. There's no steals. Is there enough juice, or is he just like an AL only guy that's you know perfect in the really deep formats because he he plays a lot and gets a good batting average? That's kind of how I feel about Yandi. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I think I think he's a guy you take at the end of a draft if you like you're looking at your team and you go, I need some batting average. Mm-hmm. Like I just uh and then you just hope that maybe, maybe there is one year you get the one, one year, year that he hits twenty four homers. It wouldn't even need to be a lot. Like his launch angle this year is seven point nine degrees. Like if he just got it to twelve, which would be a lot, but for him. Yeah. Um but if even ten, got, just two more he, degrees. If he got it to twelve, you're talking about a guy who could hit thirty plus homers. Um, yeah, you know, and be like, and and still like keep those batting average gains. Like he wouldn't need to change the approach. It's just the 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 path of the bat through the zone. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you, you it's dream infuriating. You dream it's infuriating. because you see the guns. I like, know he is yoked. Yanni Diaz is huge. Um, you know, and I think I've mentioned this before, you know, as, as someone who uh, used to be like into powerlifting and stuff when I was younger and trying to get back into it, but now it's just lifting because there's no, not much power in my old age, <laughs> um, is you get guys who work out specifically certain muscle groups like too much and they don't work enough on flexibility. Mm. Uh, and the, you know, you ever see like a really, really buff guy. It doesn't look like, it looks like they're like flexing their arms. Yeah. Their they're arms and they're always in that mode and they have to like turn their whole bodies to turn. Yeah. And so that's not because they're trying to flex, but because they haven't like done the proper flexibility training on top of it. And they've actually shortened the tendons in his arms. And you wonder if like, that's what Yandi's done. Like he just does not have the flexibility, but you look at what like, what Aaron judge has done like with like working on flexibility as opposed to strength training, he's got the strength already. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah, you see like he's been able to stay healthy and be productive at the same time. Uh, you, you just wonder like, Hey, Yandi, maybe, maybe do some yoga in the off season. A little, little um, bit of yoga, man. Just, just and, mix, mix it in there. A little flexibility. Uh, mm, God, he just, I, go I dream on it. I, I just dream on Yandi Diaz, but it, you know, from an actual fantasy perspective, like, until we see it, like it's just it's just really hard to believe. That being said, like I do think, especially in DCs, he's a guy I target because yeah, because late batting plays. average is remarkably yeah. difficult to find, mm-hmm. and you can't. He's not going to spike. I think the max that we would see is like what a two fifty ADP for Yandi. Yeah, that's at the high end. I really don't mm-hmm. think the market's going to go crazy for him. I mean, Luis Arise was three thirty six last year. He had quad eligibility. And everyone knew what his yeah, I, could be. So I really don't even see Yandi going above that. I really think mm-hmm. he'll be in the three hundreds. I do too. And I think th- I think that is a fine gamble. Yeah. Yeah. At there, he can't really hurt you that much, mm-hmm. even if the bad if the power never comes through. Let's talk Oscar Gonzalez over in Cleveland. Maybe that's why Alex Call was expendable because uh that that's you know, he came from Cleveland. He's an outfielder and they've had outfield issues. Oscar Gonzalez is part of their new revamped outfield o- over there. 289, 321, 468 on the season. It's a 121 WRC plus with 11 homers. In this month, he's hit six of those 11 homers. 298, 339, 519. Doesn't strike out 14% uh, strikeout rate, 5% walk though. So he's one of those guys, swings a bunch, makes a bunch of contact, not much for walks. But we've seen a little power infusion. Can we believe it in Oscar Gonzalez? He's another guy you look at and you're like, oh yeah, the power should be there. He looks huge. 
but we haven't seen a ton of power until this final month here. Do you believe in Oscar Gonzalez? He'll be 25 next year for Cleveland. No. Aw. Uh, I mean, here's here's the thing. Like, he, if he gets a fastball, he can just crush the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if, it, if he gets a fastball in the zone, he can absolutely crush the thing. We know he has power. Um, he's in the first percentile in terms of chase rate. So, like, he swings outside of the zone. Even... Like even now, like even in the hot streak, he's swinging outside the zone way too much. Like his his O swing in the month of September is like forty eight percent, which is not good at all. Uh, you know, like I've got league not what you want. League league average is thirty or thirty two percent. To get put it in context, real quick for September on this list of guys we've talked about, he's tied with Javier Baez, Oscar Gonzalez. Yeah, they're both at forty nine percent for September. Yeah, uh, he also has a, you know, you said the 14% strike, all right, but that's his swing and strike rate, too, which does not add up. Oh, yeah, um, which says more K is coming, right? Yeah, so, like, this is a hot stretch that guy, I mean, you look at, like, RSD's Aquino's numbers in September are pretty decent as well, too. Like, he's not any better as a hitter. Like, mm -hmm. this is just a hot stretch. Um, this, yeah... <laughs> Um, this is not like a guy I'm going to be going back to the well on at all. Like, I think okay. you, you, you ride it right now. Um, you know, I hope he hits 10 more home runs rest of the way. Cause he's on Scott Jensted's, uh, like, um, main event, main event that, contender that is a contender right now. I, like, I do too then. Yes. And, but other than that, like, I know, like that's not, no, not for me, dog. Yeah, I, I think you're right, and I think there's a chance for Oscar Gonzalez to be hyped up quite a bit. He's 25. There's a little bit of prospect notoriety to him. He's not a top prospect, but prospect folks uh, do like him. Like There are folks that advocate for him, and if he does hit another three, four homers and he's close to, say, 14, 15, it'll be like a 125 WRC+. plus. I think there'll be a lot of hype built on it, and he's at that dangerous point where you can double up his numbers. He has 82 games right now, so give him nine more. He's only going to be at 93, so you're going to get that that sort of lazy, like, oh, if you could just double it, dude, it's it's 25 homers, and it's, uh, you know, 90 ribbies. And it's like, well, not so fast, my friend. That's the thing that's bothered me with Oscar Gonzalez all year because he had another flourish earlier. I think it was, like, right when he first came up. And you see the swing strike rate, it just didn't match with the strikeout rate. Yeah. And I don't know if that's something that he's just able to maintain I'm nervous about it. You don't usually swing and miss that much, 15%, and only have a 20% strikeout rate, which is what he has right now. So that is worrisome for Oscar Gonzalez. Um, the price will still eventually dictate how in I am, but I don't see myself seeking out Oscar Gonzalez. I think there are going to be some people who are like, oh, he he's he's like Adolis Garcia. Like he's just going to keep hitting. And I, I, yeah, those guys have I, like I still I still think Adolis Garcia is going to fall off. Like I'm like, not drafting. Like yeah, he no is way. going to create so. I think Adolis Garcia's season this year is going to create so many mistakes mm -hmm. because people are thinking that they got it wrong. I think this is a process versus outcome sort of thing Absolutely. that the process of fading him made complete sense and people trying to justify themselves as to why they messed up and why they should have taken him. Go ahead and take him this year then, or take him in 2023. By all means, you can have all the Adelise Garcia. And if he pulls it off again, then you can have it. But I promise you he's playing over his skis uh, yeah. with Adelise Garcia specifically. And I believe Oscar Gonzalez is playing over his skis a bit as well. Yeah, I just, I don't. And I mean, it's not like, it's not like Gonzalez has been good defensively. If he was good defensively, you could make the argument that, hey, his defense will keep him in the lineup. But, yeah. you know, if and when he does struggle, because the struggles are going to come offensively. Uh, but, like, you know, 14th percentile and outfield jump and outs above average on yeah, StatCast tells me, like, he's probably not a very good defender. I haven't, I haven't personally watched him play a lot of defense, but – my 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 guess by looking at the numbers is he's not a very good defender. And my my assumption by looking at his body is that he's not very smooth out there. He's got a little bit of the not not quite the I'm yoked, I can't move, but he doesn't seem super flexible yeah. either, Oscar Gonzalez. So this guy doesn't seem super flexible. That's because he's a hundred years old though. But Justin Turner, that some bitch got to his numbers again, Justin. Again. I think I was writing his obituary on this show. Uh, earlier in the summer, and I even pointed out, like, you know, he usually rallies, but I just don't know this year because it's been so bad with him, and yet 
I should have just trusted because uh, he put up 525, 773, and 680 OPS totals through June. Since then, 1030, 815, 1073 this month in September with four homers, 15 ribbies. He did it again. And if you look, his April to June is the complete opposite of his July forward. He was at a 673 OPS when June ended, and now he's at 803 for the season because he put up a 970 over the summer. He'll be 38 next year. He does have a team option, uh, a vesting option. I don't know if it vested, by the way. I can look that up. They are dropping a bunch of money for the Dodgers, by the way, so they can afford, I think, to still keep him around if they want to and make him kind of the permanent DH. Are you going to get in on Justin Turner? I'm having a real hard time figuring out this contract situation. It looks it, like uh, there, it, there's some. It's based on MVP voting. I don't think he's going to get any MVP. Yeah. Votes. So I. I um, and so it's a team option then. It's a it's a team a team option at sixteen million dollars. Uh, they may bring him back for sixteen million dollars. I um, think so. With all the other money that they're like, Price is done. Kimbrel's mm -hmm. done. Trey's a free agent. I think they might try to bring him back. Mm -hmm. um, you know that. There were some other small dollar things that they're losing. Like they, oh, Kershaw is, is done. I don't know what they're going to do with him. They have a lot of things opening up, and 16 mil is not that much for a guy who's been this good. He only has to be like and, uh, and he's a two win an, guy, and he's an organizational favorite. Like he's yes. a clubhouse guy. Mm -hmm. um, the organization loves him. This is Justin Turner, by the way. I haven't said his yeah. name. Yeah, go ahead. So I think they could bring him back. They also have Miguel Vargas, though. Who, yep, and I like uh, him. Mm -hmm. But but put Vargas at, at third and and Turner at DH. You know, like I don't yeah. even know if you want him out there that much anyway. So I don't even know that. You know, if you're putting him at DH, that's not necessarily a problem. Yeah, I think he's probably back. Uh, I also think he's probably pretty damn cheap again, like around you know two hundred ish, maybe even after that. Uh, probably after that, considering how slow his season started. And there's one fifty this year, so yeah, I could see it. Um, yeah. 30, 40 pick drop. Yeah. I'd say late see, 100s for sure. People are going to see like, you know, a teens home run total, mm -hmm. you know, and not a batting average that jumps off the page. Like you're not seeing a 300 batting average or anything uh, for Turner. But yeah, I mean, dude, just, he just does what he does every year. Like he just, yeah, he finds his is, level, man. Yeah, I, I couldn't, that, I can't believe it. Like I said, I was burying him because mm -hmm. he was so bad through June. I was like, oh, well, the, you know, age catches up to everybody. Not so fast, my friend. Death so taxes and Justin Turner being good. Like, it's yep. just, uh, yeah. And Set I think, watch to it. especially if it's after pick 200, I'll be fine with that. I'll be absolutely yeah. fine with that. If he does dip that far, I'm in. But even in late 100s, I think, I think I'm in on, on that for mm -hmm. Justin Turner as well. Homie knows how to close. You know, you look over the course of his career, April and May are his worst months. The only two months mm -hmm. that he has for his career under 800 OPS. And then, uh, June through September. Again, this is for his whole career. Uh, 841 or higher, ranging as high as 880 in September. So he always closes strong. And that's why he was the finisher of this episode because uh, the 38 year old, he'll be 38 next year and he's just getting it done, man. I, I mm -hmm. Justin Turner, you just can't, can't forget him. Uh, so based on our perceived prices, what we, mm -hmm. what we guesstimated, who's your favorite here? Um, my fit ward, I think Ward is yeah, my favorite. That's like, exactly I don't where think, I was going to. I don't think it's particularly close between the other guys. I mean, Turner might be, you know, in the conversation. Uh, Ward, Turner, and Raleigh are probably my three faves. Yeah. Um, well, I, I probably, yeah, Ward, Turner, Torres. Glaber. Glaber, yeah. Glaber's um, in there too. Yeah, but I think Ward is easily the guy that, um, and he, I mean, there, there's so many smart people in the industry. He'll probably get pushed up. Uh, here, uh, you know, but I think even point. his boosted price is fair. It's it's like yeah. it's one of those where I'm willing to still pay it. I don't think it'd become cost prohibitive if Ward is going, say, at like one thirty. Yeah, and I think that would be like holy crap, he got really pushed up. I think I would still pay that. That's where Lourdes Gurriel went this year, who mm -hmm. I love, and I actually see them somewhat similarly. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I like I like Ward a lot. I think he's the he's the guy to target out of out of this list, but. I think there's more a matter of like, hey, I am definitely fading Baez. I am definitely fading Oscar Gonzalez yes. uh, next year. Like, I, I, and I know other people are going to be like, hey, buy back in on Baez or, 
or Gonzalez can do, especially these September numbers, mm-hmm. like like people are going to be like, look, look, Gonzalez. It's not even September, really. It's from the moment he got brought up in, in August. Yeah, because this isn't the only good work mm-hmm. for Gonzalez. I just happened to highlight him for September, but his yeah. whole run, 121 WRC plus in 82 games. Like he's yeah. had a great half season, and I think people are going to well, extrapolate. Because- Especially because if you cut off before before August, he's hitting like two ninety, like Damn. from August on. But that all the under strikeout stuff. But the underlying skills just say like there's absolutely no way this can continue. Like it's just so. I, just to me, it's it's just such a huge red flag on on Oscar Gonzalez. Yeah, that, fifty like, games of a two ninety two since August first. You're exactly yeah. right. So, and he hit 285 in his first run before that. So it's not like he was even bad. It's just that since he, and that was through June 29th, he went down for, for a month, came back, and in these final two months, he's been killing it. So yeah, I want to like him. He, he hits the ball hard. We love that. But the approach yeah. is so bad. That the, the approach just scares me with Oscar mm-hmm. Gonzalez, and I can see him getting a lot of hype. So mm-hmm. uh, Friday, we'll look at some pitchers in the same vein. September pitchers. I'll try to get another good mix of guys. And uh, we'll figure out what we're doing with them for the for the future. But uh, yeah, we're coming through the home stretch here. If you're still chasing your your titles, Justin's still putting out the road to write up. I'm putting out my daily SP chart. We're trying to bring it home for you there. But the content on the pod is is still going to be 2023 focused. Um, if you want stuff that is focused here, you know, go listen to the pitcher list. Uh, they did a a final rundown of all the pitchers to to look at for the final stretch here. You can definitely find other stuff that is focused on the here and now. And I didn't want to overlap with that, which is why we've kind of turned our attention to 2023 focus and breaking down guys who have uh, who have been performing down the stretch here. So we'll talk again on Friday. Pitchers who have uh, closed strong and what we're going to do with them. But until then, Justin, I'll talk to you later. Take it easy.